What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. And we're back with another episode of Great Lake State Football. This is episode 18, and I am Vince. I am Corey, and we are missing our brethren, Brett. He's in Florida getting caught in the rain. Brett is on vacation. Enjoy- well, I, I think it's a, a work trip, quote unquote, big air quotations. Supposedly, he's on a work trip. I'm sure his wife oh. uh, is very happy to uh, be taking the uh, the reins of parenthood all by herself. I'm sure she's a little jealous. I, she's said- down there. Oh, is she? Yeah. Oh, I think well, it's I guess- a family trip. I think it's family trip. Oh, well, I guess I, I remembered wrong. That's where my that's where my brain is at on this Tuesday night. Anyway, we got a uh, pretty short episode here tonight. Not a, not a lot to talk about um, for episode 18. We have a few things we'll get into here before our guest. Uh, very excited about our guest this week as we do have another coach on. Um, we did not have an episode last week, uh, but two weeks ago when we did episode 17, we talked with Josh Shattuck, the new head football coach at East Grand Rapids High School. Um, and this week we'll be talking with F.A. Scott and Mockpour the new head football coach at Okemos, who is actually uh, someone that Corey and Brett and I all played against. Uh, when we were in high school, F.A. is a 2012 East Lansing grad. So we actually got to play against him, um, and he was a stud. And looking forward to our conversation here later tonight in this episode. So before we get to our guests, though, we are going to talk about a few things uh, from the last couple of weeks. You know, we skipped an episode last week. We we uh, we're struggling to find a guest. We're very excited, though, as we now have four <laughs> guests racked up here in a row. Um, so stay tuned for the next three or four episodes here. We have some very exciting guests we're looking forward to. Uh, but there also just wasn't a lot going on in football, as we mentioned two weeks ago. It's just, you know, that time of year. So we do have some things with MHSAA, a couple topics just to discuss here really quick. First of all, um, there was uh, news from the MHSAA in the last uh, week or week and a half. I can't remember exactly when it was put out, yeah. um, but they officially ranked or excuse me, they officially updated and released the projected enrollment uh, for all high schools for football this fall with the the sport of high school football here in the state of Michigan being the only high school sport that has uh, technically 10 divisions for playoffs Mm -hmm. between the two eight-man divisions and then the eight divisions for 11-man football. Uh, they try to get those enrollments out as soon as they can to make sure the playoff now with the new playoff format being uh, set up ahead of time based entirely upon enrollment. Uh, I think they want to get this out early. Um, I'm not exactly sure how this works. I, you know, I'm someone who works in a high school, um, but I, I'm not really privy 
and necessarily super knowledgeable on all the details when it comes to at what point a school knows their enrollment for the following year is set. I know there is late enrollment and early enrollment and all of that. So I, it must be that at this time in the year, um, that all enrollment has been accepted for schools, whether your school is a choice or, um, but, you know, I, I think they also just have a cutoff. Obviously the enrollment could fluctuate, you know, between now and August, but they probably just cut it off and say, okay, whatever your projected enrollment is for next year, this is where it's at. Um, so basically the news with this is there are some major schools that jumped up or down, um, mostly down. There was some big, big name schools that jumped down a division. However, the release from the MHSAA said teams uh, in football have the option to opt, opt up. Yeah. Opt up a division, um, which I thought was interesting because I thought they wanted these divisions to be split up equally. So I guess I'm not sure how that's going to work. Um, if there's a limit to who can opt up or down, you know, I, I'm, I'm not exactly sure. have to be sure. voted on it, said. So oh, the MHSAA yeah. has to vote? So yeah, it's not like, like it's not like you just agree. request and you get it. It has to no. be. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Um, so a couple, couple major ones here just to mention really quick. Uh, Wild Lake Western went from D2 to D3 with their enrollment. Uh, Orchard Lake St. Mary's. Uh, went from Division Three to Division Four. Uh, Harper Woods actually bumped up from D three to D two. Uh, Detroit King, obviously, this is one of the most notable ones, bumped down from D three to D four. Um, on their football Twitter page, they had already said that they were going to try to appeal to be opted back up to Division three. Um, and then the last one is Hudson, uh, who won the state championship, I believe, in Division eight this year, yep. is opting or is not opting up. Excuse me, their enrollment went up, so they're going to Division seven. Um, so this is significant because a couple of these teams were state champions, Detroit King being the division three state champion, Hudson being a D eight state champion, Orchard Lake, a team that competes every year. So interesting to see how that pans out. Um, and then Corey had in here as well, Detroit Lincoln King Academy is a brand new school, uh, that apparently upon opening is going to be division five, which is pretty surprising. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Continue. Yep. Sorry. No, you're good above that. Yeah. Go ahead. So, yeah, I, I just think that's pretty crazy that a brand new academy would open up and, you know, they have enough enrollment to be all the way to Division five. So that must be a testament to to that school opening and, you know, those administra- administrators and everyone involved getting students enrolled in that academy. Yeah. What were you going to say there, Corey? I was just going to say Highland Park Sigma Academy for Leadership Early Middle College um, <laughs> is also a new school. Um, and they are going to D8 for football. They have 56 students. And so, like the D zone pointed out, why not start in D8? Question mark. <laughs> you mean an eight man? Students. You mean why not start in eight man? Eight, sorry, eight yeah. man. Yeah, eight man. Kind of bizarre, but I mean, obviously, we'll see. As huh. we know, it takes yeah, years how would for you programs to, to get built? So, how would you put together an 11 man football team when your whole school has 56 kids? Unless That's very a, interesting. Unless 56, it's a football school. Well, 56 kids, 9 through 12, I'm assuming. 9 through 12 is 56 kids. Yeah, I have no idea. Because typically with an academy, an academy sometimes can be like K through 12. Yeah. So I, Maybe they're going to have kindergartners playing with 18-year-olds. Who fucking knows? Damn like it, that, I swore. That, like All that. right. <laughs> Got that, got that over with quick. Cut that, cut that, cut that. <laughs> like that make a wish video that Jimmy Tatro did where, oh, look at this. This is, you love to see this. And the kid just gets drilled. <laughs> it's going to be like that a little kindergartners playing. Oh, man. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll be interested to see how some of the enrollments uh, bump around a little bit. Something, one more thing with this is they um, listed the five uh, highest 
enrolled high schools uh, for next year, currently at the cutoff. Macomb, Dakota is the biggest school in the state of Michigan going into next season at uh, 2,776, followed by Graham Blank at 2,733. East Kentwood is just shy of 2,700. Sterling Heights-Stevenson, just shy of 2,500. And then Rockford is about 2,470. So um, not really surprised by those five, although Howell, uh, usually used to be up there pretty high. So maybe Howell's enrollment's gone down a little bit. I used to always remember Howell being up there pretty high, as well as uh, Utica Eisenhower used to be another one that usually was a top five in enrollment. But so interesting how that fluctuates. I always find it fascinating that the state of Michigan has has never has a high school with 3,000 students. We Our high schools in general are pretty small. We talked with Josh Shattuck two weeks ago, and he was coaching at a school that had 3,000 students in Indiana. So mm-hmm. I always think that's interesting. But uh, last thing with MHSAA, we just want to talk. We didn't because we didn't get come on last week. We didn't get to talk about our latest regional ranking. So we put out our latest regional ranking um, for the northern Michigan area, which is uh, the lower peninsula and just everything north of the Grand Rapids, Lansing, Tri-City line. Um, so everything, you know, from Mount Pleasant uh, to Traverse City, uh, you know, to Claire and Gaylord, Alpena, that entire everything below the bridge and north of Lansing, Grand Rapids. So um, I was not surprised by this list, but I guess. I guess I was just interested at in how many schools were on this list that I wasn't aware were this good at football, particularly the number one. Um, so just really quick, the top yeah. five, top five on this list. Number one is Reed city. Um, and again, these regional rankings are um, teams ranked by win percentage since 2010. We've put out quite a few of these at this point. I'll have this one linked um, in the description of our podcast episodes for this week. So Reed city, Highest win percentage since 2010 for this area, 112 and 22.836, followed by Traverse City St. Francis. Was not surprised by that one, 111 and 31.782, followed by Beale City, uh, who I believe was just in a state championship, right? If I remember yep. correctly, this last yep. year. Uh, I think they lost though, 105 and 36.745 win percentage. Uh, and then Claire, I didn't realize how successful Claire was in football, uh, 94 and 30.758. And then Mount Pleasant rounds out the top five. That one didn't surprise me. Mount Pleasant's always very good. 96 and 33.744. And then Traverse City Central was the very next one. Um, anything on this list stand not out a, to you? Yeah, not a whole lot of state titles on this list. That, yeah. I mean, friends, St. Francis has had a couple runs. Beale City's had a couple runs. Reed City, I don't, I mean, I don't have any recollection of them winning any titles in this but I could this stretch. Yeah. yeah. I, when I was looking this up, I don't believe they had, um, but the, the other one that we should mention who has won state titles, but more, they used to win a lot in division eight and they've since moved to eight man is Mount Pleasant sacred heart um, mm-hmm. used to dominate division eight, um, but they have since moved to eight man. Yeah. I just look Reed city actually has, does not have a state championship appearance in this stretch. They went to the semifinals and the regional finals a whole bunch. So they pretty much always make it to the regionals or the semifinals. They they seem to never break through to get to the state oh, title. Oh, yeah. Wow. But they've had in that stretch, they had seven, wow. ten. Yeah, they had seven, <laughs> ten or more win seasons. With so, one loss. Yeah, with, <laughs> with one, one loss. loss which coming so, in the playoffs. So. so that's how their win percentage is so high is they pretty much go undefeated, go to the second, third, or fourth round of the playoffs, and then lose. And they have one or two losses every year. But they just can never that's break crazy. through to that, that state title. So – 
Reed City. Very, uh, very impressive run there. Reed City, do better. We need more from you. We need state title <laughs> runs. Jeez Louise. Get to that state title, baby. Um, yeah, I was also really interested to see that there was some other schools on this this list that, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm familiar with every small town in northern Michigan, but some of these I'm just, I, I've heard of like Johann, Johannes Lewisburg. Uh, I've heard of Boyne City, McBain. I'm not familiar with McBain was number 10. Uh, I've heard of Sutton, Sutton's Bay, Grayling, Maple City, Glen Lake. We will actually be talking to a quarterback from there uh, next week. Looking forward to that conversation. Who's at Grand Valley now? Um, and then Lake City and Hillman wasn't familiar with those two schools. But so interesting. Um, we are we are probably going to put Detroit out next uh we decide the three of us we basically only have three re- regions left the only three regions we haven't done is southwestern kalamazoo battle creek south central jackson ann arbor um and then we have not done detroit so we will probably put in detroit out next uh to create a little buzz and then we will probably do those last two regions and then we'll put out one that that does an overall ranking um of the top 15 teams win percentage since 2010 for the whole state so few more of those that'll be coming out so stay tuned all right that pretty much wraps things up here with mhsaa there is not there has nothing nothing's really been going on with d3 the last couple of weeks uh, we do have a couple topics here with division two um, so with division two something noteworthy is northern michigan hired a new offensive coordinator uh dylan oh man Chimura. Uh, c-h-m-u-r-a chamura Hope I said that right. New offense coordinator for Northern Michigan. Um, so he's a Wisconsin native um, who actually spent some time uh, coaching at Michigan State as well. He was there during the, the Rose Bowl and Cotton Bowl seasons. Um, so this is a pretty big, big pickup. He spent time at Fresno State, Iowa. Um, so this is a pretty big time pickup from Northern Michigan. Be interested to see um, how they they fare with him at uh, as their OC going forward. Uh, Michigan Tech and Hillsdale put out their schedules here. A couple D2 schools here in the state of Michigan. Um, Hillsdale's schedule, uh, their non-conference games outside of their GMAC schedule. They have Truman and Missouri S&T, uh, both teams they played last year, and then Michigan Tech. Obviously, they get Michigan Tech at home, uh, which will be a little more helpful, but Michigan Tech will still be tough for them. Uh, Truman, uh, they they had trouble with last year, lost to them. Um, and I believe Missouri and s and I believe they did pull out a win against them. Uh, then Michigan Tech actually has a very uh, tough schedule that they released. Uh, Michigan Tech will be playing Wisconsin-Platteville, which is in the D3 conference with Wisconsin-Whitewater. Uh, that conference, every team from that conference is very competitive. Uh, they will be playing St. Thomas, um, who used to be a D3 school in Minnesota and has since moved up to FCS. Um, so two really tough schools outside of their division. And then they're playing Midwestern State down in Texas. And then obviously their other non-conference game uh, being Hillsdale. So Michigan Tech, man, just pulling out all the stops to uh, have some of the best competition in the GLIAC in terms of non-conference. Although Grand Valley and Ferris State, uh, Ferris State especially, put together a pretty tough non-conference schedule as well. They'll be playing uh, three or four former or playoff teams from last year. So interesting to see how that goes. Uh, last bit of D2 news here. Grand Valley just put out um, their 
season average attendance. They led division two for the 10th straight year. Uh, They had more than 76,000 total fans attend games this season between their, I think they had what, six home games. Um, So that was an average of 10,905. They averaged almost 11,000 fans per home game um, with their highest attended game being the game against Ferris state, which set a single single game school record. They had more than 17,000 people attend the Ferris state game which was a first in Grand Valley history uh, at that stadium. So if you've ever gotten to play at that, if you've ever gotten to play at that stadium in front of that eight to 10,000 fans, it is one of the wildest atmospheres. I mean, coming from Grand Lodge High School, we played in front of a pretty solid crowd every weekend. You go to Grand Valley, it's underground. Their sound system's amazing. You got the student (laughs) section chirping at you from your behind your head. Um, and, uh, it's a pretty awesome atmosphere. I'll never, never forget the opening kickoff, just sitting there with pee running down my back of my leg. Just like, quite an experience. this is, quite this is the real deal. Lucille, I did not sign up for this. So Corey, you want to wrap us up here with uh, a couple other topics, division one and some professional stuff. Yeah. So I'll keep it quick with the Mac. Uh, not a whole lot of news, only news coming out of central Michigan, Jay McDowell. Their video coordinator earns his third consecutive Mac video coordinator of the year. So I don't really know what that entails and how you win that award, but that's pretty sweet. So congrats to you, Jay McDowell, (laughs) Uh, Western Michigan. They moved their spring game indoors. That is, I believe this coming week. Um, What do we got? Eastern Michigan's field is still gray. No changes there. Keep Michigan my field's name out your fucking mouth. <laughs> All right. Well, sorry Smith for Eastern Michigan. <laughs> uh, Michigan football had their spring game this past weekend. Some weird buzz around it. Um, 30,000 people in attendance, which is nuts. Only Michigan could pull that off. Colin Kaepernick threw a halftime of the spring game to um, undrafted pretty much undrafted free agents or people who aren't most likely aren't going to get drafted in this year's draft. So pretty cool through to a kid out of Saginaw Valley, which is cool to see. And then just to touch on the spring game portion, some good output from different people. Um, Third string quarterback led the way from a passing yards percentage. He really outperformed the um, first and second string guys, Uh, young talent, Darius Clemens, the wide receiver, who is a freshman early enrollee had a heck of a game and then the D line struggled. So they're still looking for some D linemen. It sounds like they had two or three D linemen at the game from a recruiting standpoint, no news for Michigan state football. They continue to just pull people out of the transfer portal. Just kidding. Nobody knew, but that's just their MO now. And then the Michigan Panthers moving to professional football in the great state of Michigan. April 17th is their first game versus the Washington Generals. Tickets are $25 if you feel like flying to Birmingham, Alabama to watch them. And then lastly, some quick Detroit Lions news. They sent a plethora of scouts down to Oregon to watch Kayvon Thibodeau uh, perform. He performed really well. He is a freak. And he chatted with Chris Spielman and our GM after his workout just to kind of shoot the shit and um, get a better morale between the the three of them. Cause they're all going to kind of make that decision come draft day. And yeah, that is about it for 
Mac football, Big Ten football, and Michigan professional football. It's Super excited for this uh, Michigan Panthers, Vince. I think it'll I be too. fun. Good drinking football, I feel like. <laughs> just, <laughs> don't have to be too invested, right? You can just sit back and have a good time. So It's just football. Yeah. Like Even exactly. if it sucks, you're like, well, have I could fun. be watching horse racing or whatever just have fun. on. Exactly. I hope, it, I, hope it, I hope it works out. All right. Well, that's going to wrap things up here. The first part of the podcast, like we said, not a whole lot going on. Uh, we're going to move into the second part with our guest, Mr. F.A. Scott Omakpour. Coach Omakpour will be coaching varsity football at Okemos this fall in his first year as a head coach. So we're, we're going to have a conversation with him here about his career and his coaching experience and what he is looking forward to about coaching uh, Okemos this fall. Hope you enjoy. Stay on after as we'll wrap things up with Corey's recommendation of the week. All right, I'm going to go ahead and segue into the second portion of the podcast here for episode 18 with our guest. We have on F.A. Scott Amakpour, who is a 2012 East Lansing grad, where he was a three-sport athlete, played football, track, and basketball. Uh, and then he went on to be a wide receiver at Ball State University. He was there for several seasons, receiving his undergrad before he transferred to Saginaw Valley to get his MBA and played football at Saginaw Valley as well. Since 2017, he's been coaching as an assistant at his alma mater at East Lansing High School under his former coach, Bill Farrakko. And he has now been hired in this last month in March as the next head football coach at Okemos High School. F.A., how you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing well. How you guys doing? Doing great, man. We're Like we said, we're talking we're, football. We're talking football. <laughs> we're always excited to talk about football. Uh, we're a little, like we said, we're a little, little jealous of our co-host, Brett, who's down in Florida right now. He's enjoying a little bit nicer weather than we are, but we're always ready to talk about some football, man. So that's a good yeah, thing. Brett, Brett needs to bring that back. <laughs> you stop messing around and bring it back. It's it's about to be mid-April soon, and I'm I just saw snow the other. There was yesterday. snow yesterday. It was yeah. snowing. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's 55 and sunny today. <laughs> yeah, that was sunny today. Yeah, later in the day it was sunny. Yeah, it's so that time of the year where the weather's just bipolar. You know, you never know what you're gonna get. It's Michigan weather, baby. Michigan <laughs> weather. You never know what you're gonna get. Well, as much as we like to dream about nicer weather, hopefully we get some of that soon because we do have off-season football stuff coming up. I'm sure uh, Coach F.A. here would like to get into seven-on-sevens and, and doing stuff outdoors as everyone else is in the area. But before we get to talking about your new head coaching position, we'd like to talk about your college and high school career a little bit. So obviously you prepped at East Lansing um, over here uh, with Coach Bill Farrakko, who you know kind of has become a, a very well-known – I mean, I feel like if anyone's been around high school football in the state of Michigan, especially in the Lansing area, um, even outside the Lansing area, you know who Bill Farrakko is. Um, so so what was your, your time like playing there um, at East Lansing under Coach Farrakko? I, I know that, you know, while you were there, you guys had a couple playoff runs uh, in your last two seasons as well. Yeah, so um, definitely fun. Uh, it's interesting because I was a – I came into high school a basketball guy. Um, I was just a tall, skinny kid. I was pretty good at a lot of different things, just an athlete. Um, but I, I played football. And football was just fun for me. And so um, I played freshman. And then my sophomore year, I got moved up to varsity. And, uh, you know, I'd I didn't know what I would expect. We weren't, we weren't very good. Um, but I kind of had a breakout year. I caught almost 70 passes. You set um, the single season school record, didn't you? I think I was like one catch off from the single season. Oh, really? Yeah, but I would, but 
but like I was, and it was just a nine game season. I think, I think the record holder had like a 13, 14 game. Oh, season. there you go. Playoff. <laughs> oh, wow. so, yeah. yeah. So like, so I, I caught a lot of passes and, you know, I, my size and all that attracted, um, you know, college coaches and, Pretty soon I had some basketball looks. I had some football looks, but, you know, the football ones, it just kind of blew up where I was getting letters and interest from schools that that you watch on ABC and you watch on <laughs> primetime TV. So and then I was getting invited to Nike camp, Under Armour camp, this camp, that camp. So I was just like, oh, OK, maybe this is maybe this is something I should take a little bit more seriously. So um, did you not play football until you got to high school? I started playing in sixth grade. Okay. okay. I was a soccer guy. Wow. I'm, I'm a descendant of Nigerian. So <laughs> that, that blood in me, I was a soccer guy. And then, uh, then I think in sixth grade, I, I did both in, in one C I was playing soccer and football in the same, trying to feel it out. And then were they during the, were they both in the fall? Yeah. So oh like, my gosh, <laughs> I play, the the schedule of like the little league games kind of just it just worked out so like only saturdays or whatever oh, yeah, wow, yeah so I, I made it work thinking back on it, i have no clue how i could do that but <laughs> but uh i did it and football kind of i just kind of like the aggression and all that stuff of football where you couldn't do that as much in soccer so uh i continued playing football you want to get the red cards right Exactly. That's I got you got to that age where kids start learning how to slide tackle. Yep. And they start learning how to do certain things and um and the, the refs start pulling out the cars and stuff. Not like the little league soccer where everyone's just having fun and running all over yep. the place. Off they call offsides. <laughs> yeah, you get to that point in time in middle school where they the rules are starting to become more like, you know, the the rules we see on TV. Yeah. So I was like, I don't I'm tired. I don't like this game football is more interesting <laughs> to me so I agree, kinda, I agree yeah that, so I started I got into football but that was just for fun really I was a basketball guy because like I grew to be like 6'3 by the time I was 13 so I was like okay I'm probably gonna be like seven feet tall basketball is my sport uh, are you still 6'3 uh, I'm like 6'3 and 7'8 so I haven't grown an inch <laughs> since I was 14 the reason I ask is because when we were when we were coaching and we, the big push right now is for getting these kids to go to multi-sport and a lot mm -hmm. of um, kids playing one sport or whatnot. And what we were explaining to a lot of these kids who are coming in at 6'1", 6'2", 6'3", is 6'1", 6'2", 6'3", for a basketball player is okay. You're probably you're not going to go to – yeah, you're not going to go to that D1 level. If yep. you're a 6'3", wide receiver, example yourself, example, we had uh, – Javel, who played basketball, he plays basketball at Northwood now, but he was like six seven. We put him at wide receiver. You are a big wide receiver at six three. Absolutely, that is something that that is something that I learned, you know, when I did my research. Because at East Lansing, I played center on the basketball court. Mm -hmm. I just always the tallest guy or the biggest guy or the most athletic. I jumped the highest. Um, but then you look at the average point guard size in the NBA and they're like even taller than I am. So yeah. Uh <laughs> but with football, it's like you'd be one of the taller players on the field. Yep. And uh so 
putting all that together, football kind of stuck for me. And, you know, I put more focus into into that. And it was definitely fun um, in high school. Uh, you know, Coach Rocco kind of runs his practices um, similar to how like a college would run their practices. I think he, you know, took he's taken a lot from what Michigan State has done over the years just because of that proximity and, uh, you know, I really, I really developed, you know, throughout high school. And then uh, my junior year is the only year I was on the track team. I really did it to get faster and like mm-hmm. kind of perfect my running form. And I ended up just being a high jumper because my first meet, I jumped six, seven. Wow. <laughs> so, they were like, yeah. The we coach was probably like, yeah, we need you to hide. Yeah, we don't need you to run anymore. You can just <laughs> go ahead and jump. So I was like, oh, okay. So it ended up turning into, all right, I do some of the running workouts. But when it came time for the meet, it's like, mm, you're high jumping because those field points. Event points. Yeah, those yeah, field, field event points. Are- and so we actually won the state championship in 2011. I think I remember that. I do remember yeah. that. And my field event points were very instrumental. So I felt like I was a key contributor, <laughs> but that, this should be a great uh, pr- promotion for all these kids right now that we are having multi-sports, multi-sport athletes. Yes, do, do everything. If yeah. I could have played, if I could have played baseball, I would have. But I don't know if they have a DH in uh, <laughs> high school because I didn't know how to catch with the glove. Yeah, so I'd always joke around like I'll join, but I can't catch. I can't like I just did. I never for some reason as coordinated as I seemed yeah. in every other sport. Yep. When it came to baseball, for some reason, I could catch the baseball with my bare hand better than the glove <laughs> and catching the ball with your bare hand hurts. So, yeah, I it does. Like, yeah. <laughs> you would have hands. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, if you they had those DH, hands for, for football. Right. Like if, you, if you guys had a DH in high school, then maybe I'll come out. But. Now, high school, high school was definitely fun. High school was fun. <laughs> was um, so then obviously, you know, Ball State uh, ended up being your your destination for playing college football. But um, I would imagine you probably had being a three star recruit out of East Lansing and one of the top 50 prospects in the state. You probably had uh, multiple offers, I would imagine. Uh, why did you end up going with uh, Ball State? Yeah, so Ball State was the first school to offer me a scholarship. They offered me at, I think I was at Cincinnati's one day camp then the summer after my junior year. Um, And I had a pretty good camp and their wide receivers coach was there. And I kind of got that offer from there. And then I kind of sat on that my whole um, senior year and then I committed, I remember I committed to Ball State uh, on the selection Sunday, right before we found out our playoff opponent, uh, my senior Oh, wow. Oh, cool. um, and then I remember a few days after that, I got offered by Miami of Ohio. Um, and at the time, my former teammate's dad was the head coach there, Don Treadwell. Oh, yeah. Yep. And so, um, we, remember, we remember Blake and um, – and Spencer, right? Spencer, yeah. yep. So Spencer, that's my guy. And so he offered me and, you know, I was flattered by it. And, you know, I didn't decline it, but I just said, all right, I already committed. So, 
You know, I don't, I don't really. But at that time, it's only and, a verbal, right? Verbal commitment. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was verbal. And you know, ten years or so ago, it wasn't like how it is now. Yeah, like, that's true. You, like I just, I didn't understand decommitting and recommitting and all that. So I was like, well, I committed the ball. Committed, state. yeah. So <laughs> like, thanks for the offer, but I'll just, you know, we'll just see what happens. And so then, I sat on those two, and then on signing day. Now they got the early signing day in December. They didn't yeah. used to have that. Yep. It was just only February. So and on signing day in February, Iowa offered me. Wow. Um, and that like they sent in, they sent in like the letter of intent. And then they like called like, hey, we just sent a letter of intent. A guy changed his mind or whatever. Um, had you had you had any prior contact with them before that day? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, they had been recruiting me, but I was kind of like one guy. I was like one guy, you know, there, I was like their guy right at the cutoff line. Gotcha. I think one Which of the receivers. <laughs> yeah. One of the receivers I believe was from Minneapolis or something. And so he decommitted from Iowa and went to Minnesota because of like something with his family. So he could be playing right at home. And so they needed a guy. So they, they, they called me up and they, they reached out to me like, all right, we have a scholarship for you. Um, and you know, I, it was just, I was already at that point. I'm like, I already, I'm already set. And Iowa was, I I visited Iowa and it was a weird visit. It's a great school, but there was just weird vibes. Maybe it was the drive from, from (laughs) that's a long drive for some reason. I was like, I don't really like Iowa that much. Um, You know, but like I like the football program, but I don't know. It just got bad vibes. So that's that always stuck with me. Interestingly enough, the guy that ended up accepting that offer. That late offer on signing day, because I think they called me, I declined. They called another guy. He declined because he was already, you know, set and set and committed and signed elsewhere. The third guy they called is the current 49ers tight end. And so Kittle? Of course. Yes. George so, Kittle? What? He was a he was a receiver in he was a receiver in high school. He was, you know, say class of 2012. Yep. And uh, you know, he, he went into Iowa as a receiver, then he got bigger and they moved into tight end. But he was he committed, like if you go back through the archives, he committed to Iowa. I know they have like the little dates on the sites now where they, when they committed, yep. it'll, it'll be like the first week of February in 2012. And then there's like a little article and he says in his interview, like, yeah, they said they called up a couple guys and they declined and they called me up and I couldn't <laughs> pass the offer. Up. So, I, so now sometimes I'm thinking like, okay, maybe, maybe I would have been George Kittle. Like, I know I never cared to block like that. You were tall. You were tall enough. They put some yeah, weight on you like, or something. They, they would have put a hundred pounds on you. 40 pounds on me and, you know, 50, 60 at the time. I was skinny. So maybe put on like 50, 60 pounds and uh, you know, maybe I'm George Kittle. But no, nah, it was, it was uh, that's kind of how I chose Ball State. Um, and I went down there and I liked um, it was kind of a it was kind of a low key type of campus. It was. You know, yeah, like, actually, I got to go to a camp there. It is, it is a, it's yeah, a cool but, little campus. Yeah, yeah, like it's, it's, it's just a secluded. It was just cool. Like it, I, I was like, I, I can chill here. So, 
you know, and, and be focused and whatnot. So um, there was dad and they had just hired a new coach. So I was a part of his first recruiting class. So there was, there was some, uh, you know, excitement around that. So that's how that's, you know, eventually I chose and stuck with Ball State. So you ended up spending, you know, four, I think four years and getting your undergrad yeah. at, at uh, Ball State. You were redshirted yep. as a freshman. Um, yep. And so then you still had some eligibility left and then you ended up going uh, to the GLIAC and, and playing at yeah. Saginaw Valley uh, yeah. Cardinals, right? Co-Cardinals. Yeah, Cardinals, um, the Cardinals. The Cardinals, <laughs> Cardinal Nation or whatever. I don't know what they yeah, – I'm Ball State Cardinal to Saginaw. Oh, Valley. that's right. I forgot yeah, Ball State's yeah. the Cardinals too. Oh, yeah. I didn't even same think about that. colors and everything. That is the same colors. <laughs> yeah. That is that – is, is, is that why you chose them? Is that why you chose them to keep everything consistent? <laughs> uh, Not really. It just kind of happened just that way. <laughs> so, yeah, why did you end up choosing uh, Saginaw Valley? Um, so, uh, things kind of didn't go as, as I would have liked at Ball State. Um, I was kind of at the point where I wanted, um, where I wanted some change of scenery, um, and be a little bit closer to home. Mm -hmm. Initially, I had, initially I wanted to go to Kent State and that was kind of set. Well, it was it was set like indirectly because coach Treadwell was the offensive coordinator at Kent state at the time. So I knew Mm. over time I learned, okay, maybe it's smart to go somewhere where you have actual connections. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, so I tried to do that, but then my transfer, my release, it was blocked from going to any other Mac schools. There was no transfer. Uh, Yeah. Not like today where you just go wherever you want. Do whatever you want. Yeah. I had to go through a few people and they're like, no, you can't transfer anywhere in the Mac. So shut that down. That's so bug. I I hate that. (laughs) Especially like, dude, you're not talking like, and like nothing on the Mac, but it's not like you're playing for like a national title where you're going to like run into this team and like the, they the BCS national championship. You know what I mean? It's not like they weren't even on each other's crossover schedule. So like, Unless they oh, played, they're in different divisions. They, yeah, Kent East, in the, the East, East and the West. Yeah, and Ball State's in the West. So, like, unless they yeah. played in the MAC championship, which that probably wasn't going to happen, like, we weren't going to be playing each other. So, you know, it kind of sucked. But so it's almost that, at that point, it's a little petty. But I mean, yeah. yeah, you know, it it is what it is. Yeah, and then so then it it came down to Wayne State. In Saginaw Valley, that's those are kind of my yep. two choices there, and um, I think I got I had the be- the better package from Saginaw Valley, and and that's what I ended up choosing. And in state tuition is the cheapest there, so yeah, it is yep. low. Starting an MBA program there, it was it was just it just made sense, and they had just put a receiver in the NFL by the name of Jeff. Uh, Janice. So oh, yeah, we played against like, that. Guy. We played against yeah. Jeff Janice. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was, he, he, he caught three hundred and something yards against us one game. <laughs> yeah, so I was intrigued by what could be from my yep. one my one potential season there. Um, was Jonathan Jennings, and he was gone by then to the quarterback. He was gone. He was all gone. Them, he was a stud all quarterback. Gone. All of them were gone, but the same staff was there. So I was yeah, like, okay. Um, you know that might be a good move. Interestingly enough, like the second week of preseason camp, while I was there, I like I 
like separated my shoulder bad. Oh man. So I never play. Like if you go look at it, it's like it just says my name on the roster. I didn't play. I didn't <laughs> I I was basically out for the season. So I practice here and there, but like once I hurt my shoulder there and I had I had I tore a ligament in my foot at Ball State. I had knee surgery in high oh, school man. and wrist surgery. So I had enough. It was at the point where I had enough. And I'm like, all right, maybe let me just let me just focus on this yeah. MBA degree. Did you did you have just one year of eligibility or did you have more I than had, one? I just had one. Just had one, gotcha. So, you know, I was like, you know what? Let me focus on getting this MBA degree. And at the time I also had a couple like job opportunities lined yep. up as well. So, you know, I I went ahead and went that route and and then kind of went into the gradual MBA process and finished. I think I finished my MBA like two and a half years after I started it. So I never really played at, I never played at Saginaw Valley, but I did get to see what it was about and see the discrepancies. And it was always interesting when I would get to compare the differences between, you know, being at Ball State and being at Saginaw do you, Valley. Do you mind elaborating on that a little bit? Because I'd be curious to kind of hear what your experience was like in yeah. terms of the differences in, in going from a Mac school to a GLIAC school. Yeah, so, you know, obviously it's you're going from Division One to Division Two, so mm-hmm. there's some uh, amenities that you automatically don't have. Yep. Um, you know, like D1 schools probably have certain nutritionists and, you know, just a lot of these these extra smaller positions, but they're very instrumental in in your program, where it's like, you know, the OC has to handle that, the nutrition (laughs) or something like, you know, coaches at the D2 level have to wear multiple hats and do this. So it might not be done at as not it might not be done in an efficient manner as things are done at the division one level where you yep. hire somebody to literally just focus on I, like i think at ball state there was just we had like five like gas for equipment and that makes a difference because yeah like if you need air in your helmet something happens like you just hand it to somebody you get your helmet back immediately the D2 level is like if something breaks on your helmet, you're just going to have a broken helmet for the rest of the week. And then, you know, when when the uh, special teams coach that handles the equipment and doing it gets to it, then he gets to it. So I yeah. saw that immediately. Saginaw Valley is one of those schools that is actually pretty good when it comes to what they offer. They have an indoor facility. Yeah, they do. Have, their stadium is really nice. Really nice. Yeah, stadium. they have a nice stadium. Like Saginaw Valley actually had an indoor stadium and Ball State did not. So yep. that was that was an interesting thing. Ball State has a beautiful one now um, that they just built maybe a year or two ago. But, um, you know, there was that. And so there were still definitely some nice things. There's definitely talent at in the GLIAC. So anyone that thinks that there's no talent, there's definitely talent. There's, oh, yeah. okay. You know, there, a lot of people transfer from Division One schools. Tons um, of transfers. There are Tons. people that, for grade reasons, they couldn't qualify to be Division One, but they could qualify for Division Two. There's, you know, there's those guys that the Division One schools just kind of overlook, and they go yep. D two, and they have great careers. So, like, there are so many NFL players from 
Division two schools from the GLIAC. There's a ton of the GLIAC itself. There's so a ton of yeah NFL guys. There was from the definitely there was definitely talent. Um, I think maybe maybe the difference is the talent isn't as like well rounded from top to bottom. Yeah. literally, not it's as a much discrepancy. Depth. Not as yeah, much it's a depth. Discrepancy. Yeah, right. Yeah. But I mean, there's talent. There's definitely talent. So um, it was it was an interesting. Uh, it was an interesting dynamic, you know, making that change and not, not even just the the not even just from a football standpoint, but just, you know, eating where, you know, you're dining with, you know, in D1, you might there might be a specific area where the football team can eat. Where at D2, you probably are eating with other students like yep. don't make space for you. It's like, all right, the football team's coming that, in. Yeah. They get that space, yeah, but that's, that's, you're yeah. eating with regular students. You're eating the same thing they eat. So, yep. like, yeah. um, there were, I noticed some differences, but GLIAC schools actually do a good job of making the experience still very solid and comparable to Division One level schools. So, like, if you go to Grand Valley State, you're at a Division One school. Those guys are all fringe D1 guys. A lot of them are, yeah. like, right there. Yeah. What, Grand Valley. What's crazy though is like Grand Valley, Northwood, Saginaw. I think Hillsdale may have one now. Like we all, like I had an indoor facility almost my whole career at Northwood. Yeah. See, so it's <laughs> so Northwood, it, yeah. Northwood is a nice indoor facility too. Yeah. So the GLIAC is, you know, they're one of those. They're one of those conferences where it's like you can go, you can go there and still have a great football experience. You just aren't at the Division One school that yep. gets all you know that plays on TV and all that yeah. stuff. Unless you go to Grand Valley because they got money or, over there. Or Ferris. Well, Ferris State doesn't yeah. have the money, but they're getting the exposure now. I mean, they're they got exactly the, they so, got the success over there. So yeah, no, definitely it was definitely an interesting dynamic, and it's actually I'm actually glad that that you know at the time you don't really think about stuff, but. You know, when you when I look back, it's like I'm glad that I got to experience all sides of things. So, yeah, you know, when I get back into coaching and I'm mentoring these kids and I'm trying to help them get to the next level. Yeah, I've been, I've been you know, every I, I always tell them, like, I've literally been where you're trying to go. Literally the D1 level, the D2 level. Like I have enough friends that have played D3. I have some friends that have played NAIA. I have some friends, a handful of friends at Ball State because the Mac schools get a lot of JUCO guys. Yeah, they talk about their JUCO experience. So I'm like, I literally have knowledge about anywhere you can possibly go, and I think just the connections that I've made and where I've been and the stuff I've observed has helped me. Has helped me, you know, gain that knowledge and be able to, to you know, give back. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge for, you know, yeah. working with kids. And because and I think, you know, some of these things that you're talking about are, and, and this is why we enjoy having these conversations with guests. I, I, I hope we get, you know, some students and student athletes listening, because I feel like that information that in, insider information, if you want to call it, that can be valuable for kids trying to make those decisions, because it is, it's a daunting and challenging task as a kid coming yeah. out of high school, like, you don't know what the hell you want to do in the next four or five years of your life. I mean, how many kids change, you know, they change that decision, you know, I mean, it's, uh, it's it's not guaranteed. It's not guaranteed. I mean, like you said, you, you go to the, the D one level. I mean, I, I know guys who got offered on signing day who had, 
I played in the Michigan All-Star game with a guy, I won't name him, but he had he was committed to um Albion and he got an mm-hmm. offer on signing day for a D1 school. Only offer he had. Mm-hmm. And he played in the Canadian Football League for two years and had a successful college career. He got to block Khalil Mack, so you got to be good after doing that. But <laughs> um it's just one of those things like there's talent everywhere. And if you yep. work hard and do your thing, you'll get found. Exactly. And a lot of kids don't realize that, which exactly. it's hard. I mean, hindsight 2020. So. Yep. Yep. So speaking of working with and coaching kids, uh, as you kind of finished up that season there, I know you said that you, you ended up spending two and a half years to finish that program. But to my knowledge, you were back coaching as an assistant at East Lansing in the 2017 season. Mm-hmm. So how did that work as you were finishing up your master's program and, and still uh, managing to, to help out and coach at your alma mater? Yeah. So I didn't mention, but like, so Saginaw Valley had like a fully online okay. PBA program. So I was wondering, I was like, there's no way yeah, he's, so, yeah, he's yeah, driving yeah. from East yeah. Lansing to Saginaw Valley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, there were a couple instances where I drove all the way up there for exams. Yep. Um, because I think they gave the option to like do it online or do it in person. But like the online like version that they offered, it was so it was such a hassle that I'm like, I'd rather deal with the hassle of driving an hour and some change up there and just taking the regular exam. I don't yeah. Wanna, like because they they like partnered with like this proctoring thing and then they checked like there was so much there were so many obstacles. I was like, let me just let me just listen to some music, play some good music and drive up to Saginaw Valley, yep. take the exam, drive right back home. You know, so a few times I did that, but other than that, like 95% of it was online. So I was able to, to manage, you know, working and coaching and, and, um, you know, school. So did you, um, did you reach out to coach Farako or did, was he aware that you were finishing up your playing career and he reached out or was it kind of a mutual thing? How did that end up happening that, uh, you ended up coaching back at East Lansing? Yeah. So I reached out to him. I think maybe the summer before I started and I was like, you know, I'm thinking about maybe helping. And so he was like, Oh yeah. You know, however you want to help, just let me know. So I was a volunteer coach for my whole time there. Cause I, since I started, I was like, well, you know, I just, I just started, you know, my, my job. And so I was like, I don't know how much time I had, but like, however I can just give back, I would like to because I just felt like I just felt like uh, it was kind of my calling. It was my duty to give. I had I had way too much knowledge to just keep it in. Mm-hmm. And so um, he allowed me to come on. And then as we're all competitive, you, you show up one time and it's like, OK, the second time you do it a little bit, you do a little bit more. The third time you do a little bit more and the fourth time you're there the whole time. And then the fifth time you're like actually preparing and you're there early and it just starts trickling into, I'm an everyday guy. The kids start relying on my presence. And now, you know, so it's like, then I start feeling like an, if I don't show up, I'm doing the team and the kids <laughs> like a disservice. Yep. So then it literally just became an everyday thing. And I'm literally Cause I'm just competitive. Once I get into it, like, I just wanted to, I wanted to win. I wanted the best for the kids. And, 
Like, I, you know, I'm I'm the cool, young, hip coach that <laughs> understands the kids' lives and what they like to do and the music they listen to and the shoes they wear and all that stuff. So, like, I it, – it became – it became a pretty big deal for me to be around and, and help the kids out. And, like, you know, if I could do it again, if I go back, I'd do it again. You know, I never asked for a dime. Um, you know, I just – I just knew that I would be able to positively impact, you know, some of the kids and, you know, not even just the ones that ended up, you know, going places to play, you know, football after high school, but even the ones that never really played. And I just enjoyed messing around with them and talking to them. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's a few kids that rarely ever play, but yep. they, absolutely love talking to me they still mess with me on instagram and all types of stuff and i joke around with them so i think the relationships there's nothing better than the relationship building 100 and i think i learned very quickly that like you know that was what i was doing and it was hard to just shy away from that so that's literally what i did i had such a great time my first year that i helped coach basketball too so oh, like, nice. Yeah. So that for I think it was that was Brandon John's senior year. Yep. Um, so I coached basketball that season. And then after that season, I was so drained that I'm like, I'm never coaching basketball again. <laughs> it was, I was literally from August to March. It was yeah. Just every day. And I was yeah. like, I can't do that. So, yeah. Like you said, I mean, I myself coaching as well. I, I know exactly that grind you're talking about, man. I mean, yeah. from you know, and if, if you're like me and you're involved with the summer stuff too, or, you know, I, I teach as well. I'm a high school teacher. So I, I am there with, you know, winter lifting all, all winter long, but you know, that summer grind from the time May, June hits all the way through November, it, you know, depending on whatever happens in the playoffs is a long stretch and you got to love it. And I, and like you said, I hundred percent agree with you, man, those relationships, building relationships with the kids. And, you know, if you have a good camaraderie with the staff, the guys that you're the, you know, the other men you're working with too, that's, yep. Um, it's a very rewarding and fun experience. Them, you know, Corey, Corey and I one time sat down and looked at the money we were making from coaching. And we're like, if you add up all the hours, it's like a couple bucks. It, you know, it's not like we're in this to try and make any money. It's got to love it. Yeah. You got to love really, it. Yeah. You but really that look, <laughs> that look, that look on a kid's face when it clicks, man, is like the most rewarding thing. And when you, like us, it, when you see them do it, when you see them do it, exactly. Like all of us playing in college, like I always would say to myself in college, like, man, if I knew the things that I knew now in like high school, I would just yeah. work people. And like, I was already good, but like, imagine <laughs> like if I knew that oh, stuff and then man. you like, you get to that one kid, like I'm, I'll never forget Vince and I'm going to name drop him, but Mason Moberg, like didn't really play a whole lot. Defensive tackle. Um, kind of a gumpy kid, bigger kid, but Mo came to work every day, worked hard, and I'll never forget his last game. We played Holt, and he started, and that kid went bonkers. He had like three TFLs. He was <laughs> blowing plays up. He had like a sack. Dude never played, just went crazy, yeah. and like it, the light bulb just went off, and I like sat there, and I was like, I've coached this kid for four years, and that's all I needed. I just needed yeah. one game from him, and it was yep. – paid for my whole coaching experience <laughs> <laughs> those moments those moments are priceless man like like yeah. you you uh you really you really start to feel like you're making a true difference in the kids life not forget about football just 
emotionally, how the kid feels when he goes home and just, you know, he's like, you know, the kid you just mentioned, he's like, man, like who he probably never would have thought he'd get in the game. Now he's getting sacks yep. and he's getting in the backfield and he's doing everybody's hype for him. And it's yep. like, there's even the days where I was like, man, I don't feel like don't go into practice. I don't know. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's a grind. You know, but like you start thinking about the kid, like, what if you didn't show up? What if the kids like their day literally depended on you being there? Yeah. Yep. So there's times I get to practice. Yo coach, guess what happened in this hour? Yeah. Uh, did you, did you watch this yesterday? Uh, did you listen to this album? Did you get those new Jordans? Did you, like they just want to. And so it's those type of interactions that in those relationships that are, that are so amazing. Um, but then, you know, the kids know that I'm about my business and they know I've been places that they're trying to get to. Yep. So when it's time to go, it's time to go. And they know that. And so yep. that, like, that, that right there is amazing. So, so yeah. Cool. So obviously you've spent uh, five seasons now uh, as an assistant coach at East Lansing, and it sounds like you've enjoyed every second of it. Um, what, um, at what point did you start to think, um, maybe I want to be a head football coach? Was there a moment where it just kind of clicked for you? Like, hey, I, I think this is what I want to do. And not only do I want to be an assistant, I want to be the head coach. Um, probably the day I applied. <laughs> <laughs> probably the day I apply, you know, because like I love I'm, the spontaneity. I love it. Yeah. Well, you know, going from like a volunteer assistant where I'd show up, I work as my work schedule allows and, you know, all that stuff going from doing that to just being the head guy at a, at a school, that is kind of a big jump. The great thing is that my my job is always just they've always been great and they've always allowed me and and actually, you know, invested in me coaching and they're always excited about what I'm doing outside of work, you know, and so it's just a small company that they allow, you know, they give me a lot of uh, they're very lenient and they allow me to do a lot of the things that I love to do outside of work. So, um, you know, I'm I'm grateful for that but yeah I think when I applied even when I was applying I was like oh, should I do this but you know I talked to my family and some close friends and they're like do you know how much time you actually spend on football already <laughs> true why not yeah, just, yeah. Just see like put your name in the hat and see what happens and once I officially did that I was like yeah I'm ready I'm one of those guys where it's just like you got to throw me in the fire. And then it's like, all right, I'm ready. Yep. Literally like five seconds before I was like, uh, I don't know if I should do then it. Like, do it. Yeah. Like what if jump. this, what if that, you know, like, will I be able to handle it? And then, like I said, when I put my name in that hat and it's officially done, I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. So anything that happens that's inconvenient, I'll figure it out. There's still things that are happening now where I'm like, okay, like, how do I juggle this and that? I'm like, I'll figure it out. <laughs> like, I'm ready. Just being an athlete, man. Like, yeah, I, I yeah. always, I'm the same way with work. College I athlete, think, like, yeah. I can, but I, you can learn anything. Like, if you're an athlete, like, dude, I've, I've learned a million things in my life. I can learn yep. how to plan bus trips. I can learn how to feed the kids. I can learn how to check yeah. grades. I can learn how to 
schedule somebody, you know what I mean? Like you can yeah. learn anything. So like you if you if both of you were put in a position where you guys had to be the head coach, you guys will figure it out. I guarantee you guys will be like, you know what, we got it. Before it happens, it'll probably be like, oh man, like it's this might be this might be uh too much. <laughs> but when it's literally yours and you have to do it, you'll do it probably effortlessly. So you know, that's that's kind of how I felt. I was like, all right, once my name is in there, like I'm going after it. So, you know, that's that's what I did. And um, yeah, now now we're here. <laughs> so uh, a guy that we had on, he's a good friend of ours and, and we co- we got to coach. We played against him and you would have played against him, too, uh, at Everett. Uh, and and now he's the head coach at Everett. Uh, Julio Canty. Oh yeah. He was uh, he was a great guest that we had on. We talked to him about the fact that he got hired. You know, his circumstances are crazy. The the, the way it, it just kind of happened. Um, yeah. It wasn't like yeah. you where you're, you're putting your name in the hat. It just, mm-hmm. you know, some crazy situation there. The hat. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> like, hey, you want to be the head coach? Like, well, yeah. um, and obviously you're a little older than he was at the time. I think he was 24 when they. Uh, uh, back in was that 2019 when they they put they sprung it on him that he was going to be the interim head coach um and now he's the official head coach which was awesome when they announced that um is that someone you've talked to or do you have any other you know any other friends that you you can re- that you know can relate to you in terms of being hired as a young head coach that have given you some advice or you know what what to you know kind of expect yeah you know Jaleel that's that's my guy um you know we we I think we were our favorite matchups in high school. I was going to say him being a DB and you being yeah, a wide receiver. Like a high level, he was like a high-level D1 corner in the area, and I was a high-level D1 receiver in the area, and he followed my butt wherever I went on that field. <laughs> wherever, so it, was, it was always fun uh, competing against him. Um, you know, and I played against him in college yep, as well. Was he, at Eastern, he, was at, yep. he was at Eastern Michigan for a year. Um, and so, uh, you know, I talked to him a little bit and, and once he knew I put my name in, he was, uh, he was excited. He was ecstatic. Um, and you know, he, once I got it, he, you know, wrote me a nice message and whatnot. And so, you know, we, we definitely worked together before camps and stuff like that. So, you know, we're very familiar with each other and, and, uh, he's always shown love. So it'll definitely be interesting. He, he alluded to that, uh, you know, in the message, he's like, man, from competing against each other on the field, coaching against each other, coaching against each other is crazy, but we're definitely in a position where, you know, whenever one, whenever we need something from one another, you know, we're, we're willing to help each other out. So um, it's, it's great to have younger, more modern minds, leading guys mm-hmm. that are capable of doing it leading and and you know trying to trying to uplift the next generation he's yep. done a really he's done a really great job because yes he has no coaching job in the Lansing school district is necessarily no. easy he's had some hard he's, he's definitely had some obstacles he um, had to deal with tragedy this last year yeah, a, a few of them yeah so he's more than one yeah, yeah yeah he's he's done a really if there's somebody that's done a great job it is him because even till you talk about the tragedy, the season before the 2020, they didn't even yeah. have a season. And the, the, the Lansing I mean, schools, 
They said that I the Lansing schools were the biggest schools in the state that didn't play football. The only yeah. other schools that canceled the season entirely were like D six and smaller. Exactly. So how do you manage that and like still get the kids to be, you know, fired up and yep. when they know they can't play? I mean, it, so he's handled a lot of tough situations that coaches that have been coaching for like 60, 70 years don't even have to deal with. So nope. that's definitely my guy. He's I'm looking forward to matching up with him and we'll probably see each other, you know, several times or so before the season starts and mm-hmm. chop it up. So. So, yeah. Has he given has he given you any straight up advice yet or just basically congratulated you and said, we'll be we'll be talking soon? Yeah, really just congratulating yeah. me. Um, you know, I think I've if he did, I can't remember. I've so many people. Are reached out got, to me. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> man, the, the love I've received has been amazing from people all over, like people that I play basketball with, football with people from college former college coaches. I mean, the love has been that I've received has been amazing. So I I definitely have appreciated that from everybody. I still haven't gotten back to everybody because it's just been tough. I've never received this many messages at once. <laughs> so so that um, that's gotta be a great feeling though, especially and you know, I don't I don't want to dwell on the negatives because obviously that's something that you know, I'm sure you've already, I know you already have with Lansing State Journal and with WLNS. And I mentioned before we started recording your interview with Jack from The Drive. I mean, yeah. they all, they all, they're naturally going to bring up the fact that Okemos is yeah. in a losing streak right now. And it's not something I necessarily want to want to dwell on because you're, you're aware of it. Everyone knows. Um, mm-hmm. But that's got to be a good feeling. All that positive energy, you know, from, from, you know, people around the area and people, you know, and people are in your life that, uh, you know, it's not like, Oh, F a man, you're going there. That that's the opposite. Right. It seems <laughs> right. right. The, opposite, like, that young, like, the young yeah. swag back to Okemos. Cause they've had just some old heads last a decade. I don't even. I don't even know who's been their coaches. I just know they've been older. Crump, so. yeah, yep, I know. Yep, they, so, were, they were older guys. <laughs> so, um, you know, I I try not to to think about, you know, what what they've been through in the past. It's important to understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like, I don't I don't focus on it as much. Like, I literally have a clothing brand. I'm wearing a T-shirt right now. It's called Live for Today. Like mm-hmm. it's it's, it's all about being in the moment and being present. And so um, like, that's literally what I want to want to implement with the team, just being in the moment and being present and focusing on where your feet are. Can't worry about the past. I mean, yeah, you know, we've lost 23 games in a row, but I mean, I can't control that. Nope. Like I'm worried about, I'm worried about now and what you do now will, will will impact positively or negatively or however you handle now will impact what happens moving forward. So, um, you know, like I told WLNS in one of my interviews, like I understand it's a heavy lift, but I think my job is to is to bring that that aura and that that respect and that swagger back to Okemos. There's athletes walking into school. I've been to school a couple of days this week already. They're kids walking through the school. They're kids that are excited about football. You just have to put a collect. You just got to get a collection of them, you know, on a team and get them to believe and play confidently and not worry about stuff that they can't control. Yep. 
not worry about, oh, man, we got to play Mason and East Lansing, Hazlitt and DeWitt. And I mean, every single most of our schedule are great programs where we have we probably have one of the toughest schedules in the state, yeah. just like you Grand have, all play, three of your non-conference games. I was looking, yeah. you got three tough non-conference games. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we, the CAAC blue and even the, the other parts of the CAAC is some of the best football in the state. It doesn't get the recognition because it's the Lansing area. We're not yep. Detroit area. We're not the Grand Rapids area, but teams that come into this area and come play schools from our area, they learn after the game that we're not we're not we're not bums out here. We're no slouches. We can play. We had three teams go to state championships. This I was going to say, yeah. uh, what was it? Then 16-17, Okemos had those teams that did have that swag and yeah, and, well, right and came right around the time. Fa your last couple of years, they they um our yeah. my senior year they went five and four and they really should have made the playoffs. They really should have. Yeah. And then I think. They won a playoff game the next two seasons in a row. They had yeah. two really good seasons after that, I believe. Yeah. So they've so, had some good teams. Yeah. So, I, like, I know the athletes are in the school. The energy can be there. I think, you know, I just need a right guy, the right guy in place to to bring all that together yep. and, and, and bring all that out. And so that's my plan. I'm not trying to – I'm not trying to, to win the, the state championship. If that's what happens by handling things where your feet are, like I mentioned, then that's great. But I want the kids to get a positive experience out of it and literally grow to be better people from playing football. Cause that's what, that's how it's impacted me. Yeah. I'm sure that's how it's impacted both of you. I have friends literally all over the world because of football. I have learned, I have lessons that I've learned, um, you know, that I take with me every single day because of football. Like, it's it's a beautiful game. It's a violent game. You have to play it safely. You have to know what you're doing. You have to be coachable. You have to – but, like, these are all things that are applicable to life. You do these things – you do those things the right way that I just mentioned. Like, you you're you have a head start in life. When when you're done playing and you're starting you're, – you're a professional and you're starting a family and all that stuff. So – um like if I can get kids to believe in themselves and be confident and truly, truly understand the value that football can bring to your life, then, I mean, they will be just fine. I've dealt, I've, there's kids like that at East Lansing. I mean, like Andrew Anthony at Michigan is one of those kids that literally does not take anything for granted, does not take anything for granted. You know, like a lot of people say, oh, Coach F.A., that's your protege. You know, you did this, you did that. You know, I just kept him right mentally, physically and his approach and all that stuff. Like he was on top of his grades. He was on top. He was on top of everything. There were times where he would come to me and say, what did I do wrong? And I'm like, are you really asking me that when you have four people on you? I think somebody else should get the ball. You didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. So, but but it's a testament to him trying to be great and being so confident in himself that he feels like he should be doing better and dominating every single time. So that's the type of energy 
and and the the type of swag I'm I'm trying to bring to to Alchemist, um, you know, get the kids to really, really understand and, and fulfill what their purpose is and what their why is or why they're playing football. Don't just be out here to be out here. You have to you there has to be something that drives you. What drives you? Is it a family member? Is it, you know, is it is it uh you know to get strong? Like what is what are your goals? What are what makes you what makes you motivated to come out here and play this violent game? Like I said, it's a violent game. So um you know I'm I'm excited for for what's to come and I know that you know just as much as I want the kids to be confident I'm more than confident in myself that I'll be able to get the kids to truly truly embrace the process and embrace each moment that they're in and then you know when it's time to play we see what happens all the the games and everything that happens in the fall, you only get nine guaranteed chances. That's that's what tiny percentage of all the stuff you do that's football related. So like it's time to have fun and just play. You handle all the other stuff in the off season and all that stuff, as you guys know, obviously. Yeah. So 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 yeah, it's definitely an uphill battle. There's a lot of work that needs to be done, but that's part of why the job was enticing to me. I kind of like where things are at. Let me build this thing up from the ground and, and get some excitement, you know, back in a community where, you know, they're excited about just about every sport because they're good and competitive in just about every sport. <laughs> so you have any uh, coaches in mind? Do you want to leak yet? Are you bringing anybody on board? Uh, Not yet. It's, it's, you know, I'm putting things into place. Um, I've really been trying to get my own stuff together. I literally just got my my school district email today. <laughs> them being on spring break last week didn't help anything. Oh, so I, bet. I, I couldn't get anything done while they were on spring break. But now like, I just got my school district email. I just got into huddle. And like, so, you know, I'm. I know tonight, once once we get off, I'm I'm gonna go into huddle and start messing around a little bit and and trying to at least think football. Even if I don't do anything, at least I'm thinking about stuff. <laughs> yep. Well, I don't we don't want to take up too much more of your time here. We've had you for almost an hour. It sounds like you have things to do, but I gotta tell you, man, after that speech there, you got me hyped up and ready to play some football. So I'd imagine you uh, sit yeah. down with your guys, you you bring that same <laughs> approach. It sounds, you know, I've heard you kind of share some of those same sentiments and in some of the other interviews you've done since you've been hired. So I'm, I'm sure that those, uh, that same similar speech will come out when you get to sit down. Have you had a chance to sit down and talk with any of the guys yet? Or is it kind of because of spring break waiting to kind of get a chance to do that? Yeah. So I met a small group of kids before spring break. It was like a couple of days before. So I didn't, I don't, think I got to see everybody. There are some kids at their spring sports and some already were on spring break. So um, the past couple of days, I've just talked to people here and there and whatnot. Um, I think, I think I'll probably have another meeting with the kids at some point very soon. Um, and so, you know, I'm looking forward to doing that, but, uh, but yeah, you know, I, when when I get going, 
and start thinking about all the stuff that the game has done for me that, you know, like this is literally just a game, but it can do so much for people. That's I'm just like, man, if I can get these kids to truly understand that and and see the value in it, not only the value that it brings to yourself, but to your teammates, the community, the football really sets the tone for for schools across America. Your football program is good and respected. Your school is going to be good and respected. And that that momentum will carry on to basketball and wrestling and all the other sports. And and the cheerleaders are 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 bringing energy. Everybody like <laughs> yep. it's, yep. it's like football really does that. Football yep. really does. And so that's why I'm like to be leading a whole <laughs> program by 1400 kids in the school. It's crazy. I'd never would have thought, especially it being Okemos, but um, I'm, I'm excited to, to get things going and, and seeing how, how I can, how I can, you know, get the kids to believe in themselves and get better every single day. I'll have to figure out how, what my approach should be, but cause I'm more of a calm, cool, laid back guy. Um, so I think I need some couple people on my staff that are, that are the crazy <laughs> the yellers. So yep. whenever old some school, need, old school, whenever, kinda. yeah, whenever I need to yell, I just kind of fun, funnel it to them. I give them that look and they know what I'm thinking. <laughs> and it's like, all right, you got it. You yell at them. Gotta so, have, gotta I, have I definitely, I definitely get fired up, but <laughs> I like to be, I like to be cool and, and calm and collected. So, um, now I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm just looking every part of it, wearing the headset, all that stuff. You know, I walk in and the kids are waiting on me to say something. I'm so used to being the guy that just pops in the background and everyone just kind of looks over like, hey, what's up, coach? <laughs> now it's like you walk in the room and everyone's just looking at you like, all right, so what's up? And, you know, it's it can be nerve wracking a little bit. Like, damn, what was you I got about this? To say? Yeah, I'm like, what? You got this. <laughs> what was I about? To, I forgot what I was about to say to these kids. Hey, man, but, the heat of the moment, You'll like you say, you'll get going. You'll get yeah, going. You'll, you'll get. You'll get them yeah, fired no, up, yeah, man. No doubt. No just, doubt. just like you said about getting the job, man. You were nervous before you applied. Then you apply. And you're yeah. like, no, I'm all in. You'll get to. Yeah, exactly. You'll get to game exactly. night. You'll be nervous yeah. about the speech. You'll get to speaking, and you'll go off. You'll yeah. be good to go. Yeah, I can definitely picture. Can definitely picture that. Well, Corey, do you have anything else to add or ask Effa here? Otherwise, I'm really, uh, really happy with the uh, how the conversation ended here. I don't want to take up too much more of your time tonight. Yeah, no, I just appreciate you jumping on with us. Um, and I'm excited to see what you do with Okemos because they've got history. They've got a backing. you got good facilities, brand new turf field. Man, you can get some kids to buy in, and you got talent at Okemos. I mean, like you said, they're good at every other sport. Yeah. Figure it out. Yeah, so, only so. thing now is they got to change everything from the Chiefs to Wolves. So oh, that's, that's going to be a yeah. huge thing, yeah, the, that's another, the money. That's another little obstacle that yeah. – that, I don't want to say it's an obstacle, but it's another thing that is going on yeah. where there's just a lot of change. And I'm, I'm like trying to, I don't have any Okemos guy. I have like one Okemos t-shirt because a lot of what they had before had the they got to get rid of it. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> is uh Steve Delp still there, Vince? Is Steve Delp the, no, I don't think AD? so. He's, uh, oh. I think he's at Williamston. So I think the, he's a, at Williamston. the AD, her name is Tempe Brown. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. She's amazing. She went from her previous job. She was 
an assistant coach at Stanford women's basketball. Oh, wow. So she knows her stuff. She's the real deal. When that's I met a, her, that's awesome. That, that kind of helped me. That propelled me to apply when I met her. Cause she was, I'm she, like, okay, this woman is the real she deal. She knows. Yeah. She knows what she's doing. She knows what yeah. she's talking about. That's she exciting. Knows her stuff. So yeah, no, I, I appreciate you guys. Like I said, um, you know, before we got on, I always, always respect, you know, I'm sure you guys have jobs and coach. And so doing a podcast like this, it, it's definitely not easy and trying to build something. And I did some research on you guys before I, before I got on when I was like, you guys are doing, you guys are doing some pretty good stuff. I actually saw like a graphic you guys put together, maybe like a couple months ago. I had no clue who you guys were. I was just looking at it. Like, <laughs> I think it was like teams from certain part of the state. We've been doing regional uh, rankings. Yeah. We've been doing, uh, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it was that. And I was, I was looking at them like, oh, okay, that's, that's pretty interesting. I don't, I've never seen anybody really do that. So it takes so much uh, time, man. Like it's, it's so much fun, more but it's time, time than consuming. we thought. <laughs> already, see, I already know. That's why I'm like, I got respect for what you guys are doing. This, this is hey, cool. but when you love football, man, you get into that stuff. Even the stupid little hey. stats and and wins and losses, things like that. I'm a Trust I'm a big me. trivia nerd, so that always helps with some of the high school football trivia. So it helps. Trust me, I stay I stay up till four a.m. on this on this stupid thing right here. Just looking up stuff. It starts off with like, it's what it will start off with something stupid, and then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, what was the Patriots record in like '87? <laughs> Going <Yeah>. down rabbit <laughs> holes. Yeah, I'm like, and then after a while I'm like, how did I even get here? It's 4 a.m. I throw my phone to the why side. Is, why is my like, left foot hurt? Like, yeah. then it's just like, what the yeah, fuck? that's it, that's literally. But it's because you got love. You love the game. You love, love learning. Game. So, so yeah. Yeah, I, I appreciate you guys. Anytime you guys want to bring me on, I'm sure I'll be seeing you. you guys are both varsity. Corey, Corey unfortunately, done. is not anymore. He moved to Grand Rapids, so he's not coaching anymore. But you will, uh, you will be coaching against me. I'm, I, I'm actually. It was a good. Hopefully, it's a good move. He has, he has got a great a, job. Yeah. He has it was a, a good job. job. <laughs> it was a good yeah, promotion. Okay, so like, good. You got a nice ten million dollar <laughs> job, then go. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. He wishes. I wish, I wish it was ten million. <laughs> they said they give you that contract. Go ahead, but no, nah, yeah. I appreciate you guys. Uh, anytime you want me to come on and chop it up, absolutely, uh, man. We appreciate having you on. Um, we definitely look forward. I look forward. I'll be coaching against you in the fall when you play Grand Ledge, and uh, I, I will look forward to seeing what you do this fall. And I know Corey will be watching. Our other co-host Brett and Corey are not coaching, so they they plan on trying to make it out to some different games around around the state. They're going to try to, so maybe they'll make it over to a an Oklahoma's game. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing what you do, man. But uh, go Wolves, right? Yeah, go ahead, go Wolves. I appreciate it. the pack. That's that's my that's my slogan. The pack. The pack. There you go. <laughs> so. Hope you enjoyed our conversation with their conversation there with the new head coach of Okemos, F.A. Scott Amakpour, looking forward to what he does this fall. Um, we know the Okemos football program is going to be in great hands um, as he brings a lot of positive energy um, and excitement, young excitement and energy to the the uh, Okemos Wolves program now. So thank you for listening if you uh, listened along there. Um, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up here. Corey, it's his job this week to give our trivia and recommendation of the week, although he said he slacked and did not get us a trivia, but he does have something he would like to recommend or plug here before we wrap things up. 
Yeah, I also want to just start it with thanking uh, Coach F.A. Good luck with to him at Okemos. Tons of energy, um, doing everything for the right reasons, which is great to see. So good luck to him and the Wolves this year of Okemos. It's weird calling them the Wolves. Yeah, the Wolves. Yeah. They've been the they Chiefs. They were the Chief, our Chieftains. Yeah, the Chiefs. Chiefs did. Whole while, lives. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, my job this week to plug, I've got a couple plugs. As a lot of you know, I am a golf nut. And I am the brand ambassador for a couple really cool brands. So the first one I've been a brand ambassador for about a year now, Country Club Kicks. They are a shoe-inspired, kind of a urban-inspired golf company. They have um, mini shoes as uh, putter covers. They've got ball markers, towels, head covers, um, mostly urban related, NBA related, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, um, some really cool stuff there. So they are country club kicks. And then also I just found out today, this one's kind of hot news. I am now a brand ambassador for blue tees golf, which is a rangefinder company. Um, hot new rangefinders, pretty awesome product has a built-in magnet, um, a great technology within the range file finder it has slope adjust and all that. So I am a brand ambassador for Blue Tees range finders now. You can use my t- code to get 10% off. Corey Schrauben, all one word. If you don't know how to spell it, Google me or look on Twitter I, and Instagram. I'll put <laughs> I'll put Corey's code. I'll put Corey's code in the uh, description yeah. of the episodes for we'll put the uh, code in the link in there. The link, yep. I'll have the link and the code for those those two items. So yeah, uh, Blue Tees, glad to be partnered with them as of today, brand breaking, brand new breaking news, and then Country Club <laughs> Kicks. So next, I'll have to be a brand ambassador for a cat company. I'm just gonna wait. When are when are are you are you going to pull these deals over to Great Lakes State Football? Where's our nil money here? Yeah, if where's I, our if you get, uh, promotional? If you guys order enough, maybe I'll be able to give some stuff away for free. But we need people to order those things first. Well, the links <laughs> and, and t-shirts, the links and codes for those will be in the description of the episode, whether you're listening on YouTube or watching on YouTube or listening on a podcast store. Speaking of which, after you're done watching or listening to this episode, make sure you head over to Twitter. Give us a follow at GLSF ball spelled B-A-L-L. Uh, and then head over to Instagram, uh, Great Lake State Football. Give us a follow there. Um, if you enjoy uh video versions of these episodes they're on youtube please make sure you subscribe to our youtube channel throw us a like if you're watching the video there comment on them and tell them how much tell us how much you love us and then uh if you enjoy the audio versions we are on pretty much any podcast store apple spotify make sure you download us add us to your library give us a five-star review on apple and spotify thanks for listening i'm vince great lake state football Corey schrauben episode 18 guest fa scott umakpour Go green, go Chargers. Go blue, go Wolves. Out, out, out.